0: Welcome to the Mission Show with Albert Canfield and Luis Cardozo. Today, direct from Africa, we have an interview with Bishop Simon Mawara. He's the leader of Gigi Fund, that is God's grace for all nations church. They have an orphanage and a school for orphans and children in need in Kenya. One of the amazing things that I can see through Gigi Fund is that they target and they go to tribes and villages that never had a Christian presence before. Without further ado, present to you Bishop Simon Mawara. Habari yako
1: Bishop Simon? Habari yanguni jema sana. That means I'm doing very well.
0: Mungu mm. akubariki sana. Katika dina layesu.
1: Amina. That means amen. Yeah, that's all
0: <laughs> my Swahili right there. bishop simon it's so good to have you in our podcast and i would like to start this conversation just asking because i'm i'm a big fan of Gigi fun that for those who yet do not know is god's grace for all nations and i fully supported uh the denomination that god is you know has spread throughout kenya through you and one thing that really really blessed me was in my first trip to kenya i remember i was trying to convince you to to open and start few gigi funds on a capital city and some other cities and you look in, into my eyes and said louis we want to go to the unriched people there are a lot of churches and a lot of other churches that are going to the cities we are called to go to the unriched people to the in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the difficulty, but that's where God is with us, and that blessed me so much. So, Simon, could you share with us, please, a little bit more about this development of the vision that God has for you to reach the unriched people's group in Kenya?
1: Uh, briefly, in 2002, I was invited by TMS Global, they were then called uh. Uh, the Mission Society, to go to, to America for a leadership training. And while I was there, I joined them to go to train churches in America on how to focus their missions globally. In one of the churches that we went with them, uh, being having grown up in central Kenya, where there are churches everywhere, I didn't know that we have unreached people groups in Kenya. Wow. And it is in one of those trainings, I had it in America, that we have 22 out of 110 tribes in Kenya that are unreached with a gospel.
0: So you had to go to America to know that there, there were a lot of people's group in Kenya that needed to hear.
1: Yes, and you know, as an African, as many that out pastors, us, I would be excited for God. I would have been very excited for God to call me to serve him in America. But God just sent me to the enriched people groups in Kenya. And the way this happened, there was a video that we showed the congregation then, and it is called the Harvest. And that video is about a father and his two boys and and the wife. And they were farmers somewhere in Idaho. And uh, what happened is they would plant a lot of wheat and a lot of corn. And one particular time, just before the harvest, the father dies. And his son, who was about 11 years, was so worried that they would lose their harvest because there was nobody to harvest their crop. And this boy started praying and the neighbors would harvest their crops. And this boy kept on praying. Finally, the neighbors came with their combine harvesters and they helped this family harvest their crop and it was not drugs. And there was celebration when the harvest was brought in. Ruiz, I don't know whether you know, but my background is agriculture. And so I know what it means to lose a harvest. The harvest is the life of the farmer. It is his time. It is his input. It is his money. And so God used this to minister to me that if nothing is done to the 22 unreached people groups in Kenya, it will be a lost harvest for God. And I cried. And God clearly told me, if you don't go, the harvest will be lost. And I came back, and that is what I started doing. Yeah. One other thing that God has uh, used to speak to me about going to the unreached are words that were spoken by a preacher by the name uh, T.L. Osborne. Mm -hmm. And T.L. Osborne says, if you have a big rock and you have nine people lifting it on one side and you have one person lifting it on the other side. Do you need to pray to ask God which side you need to go? The point is, there are so many people, so many churches in Nairobi, in Nakuru and all these big towns. Nine people lifting the rock on that side. Hmm. We have none on the side of Samburu and Pokot. That's where I feel God. And I welcome you to come with me.
2: Amen. We are together on that task.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Bishop Simon, what mm-hmm. are the biggest challenges that you face to reach the tribes and villages with the gospel?
1: I would say the biggest challenge is uh, uh, cultural dynamics. Most of these people, when we, when we talk about them being unreached, they are unreached because there are barriers that make other people not go there. One of the biggest barriers is they are like cut off from the rest of the people. The other barrier is they, they have a language and a culture that is different from other people. For you to be able to reach them, then you must be able to break these barriers. Number one, physically go where they are. The roads may not be so good. Sometimes we make roads ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then the cultural aspect, their culture is different from mine. Let me tell you, I tell people this way. Because I can read and write, I have learned, a lot of English books, English story books, mm-hmm. my culture and the English or the Americans is not very far off, but driving a hundred kilometers, north of where I am, I am very far from these guys because I don't speak their language and I don't understand their culture. These are some of the major challenges we have to overcome. The other challenge is uh, the, the issue of um, these people do not read and write. And to reach them, then you must learn how they communicate so that you communicate the, the, the gospel the way they communicate for you to be able to uh, reach them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times did you learn the language and the, the culture of these new people?
1: Okay I I do not uh, try to learn the language. I don't try and this is the reason because my work is to try and empower the local people. and again, I'm reaching so many of the tribes I would not be able to read, uh, to learn all these languages yeah. mm-hmm. but. We have missionaries that we have sent to specific tribes and they are trying to uh, to learn the language themselves. Like uh, Julius, who is a friend of Luis. Mm-hmm. We have sent him to Samburu. He is learning and he has learned quite a lot about the Samburu language.
0: I know that your passion is church planting and Gigi Fun Goals to tribes and villages that never had the gospel before and plant churches among them and reach them with the gospel. I'd like to ask you, would you have some stories or testimonies of, you know, these villages and tribes that never had the gospel before and now have churches and missionaries living among them? Can you share something with us? Because I know there is a lot of people there that never had this experience. And some of them even think that everybody already heard about Jesus in the world. What, what mm-hmm. we know that is not
1: true. It's not true. It's not true. There are so many villages who do not have a church in their midst. They may not have a believer in their midst. And they do not have the Bible in their midst. This is what we define as being unreached. Mm-hmm. I want to say that when you go to such a people, you don't talk to them about Jesus the first day. You want to learn from them the stories in their in their in their language that talk about redemption or cleansing and so on, because one of the things that I've come to learn is that every tribe, they have stories concerning sin Mm. or concerning what is unacceptable and how you can be accepted back. I want to give a story of uh, one thing that I learned in one village and I have used it quite often to share the gospel. I learned in one of the villages that... The worst thing that a Samburu can do is to kill another Samburu. If you kill a Samburu and you are a Samburu, you become an outcast. Nobody is even supposed to set their eyes on you. Even with uh, the modern legal system, if a Samburu kills a Samburu, you will not be convicted because nobody wants to give a testimony because nobody wants to see you if you kill. So you are call it excommunicated completely. You are not supposed to interact with anybody. And this, because these uh, tribesmen are social and they thrive as a community, so this person, this is a punishment that nobody wants to have. And so... I asked them what happens for this person to be brought back. And this is the, 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 the narration. They said, you can be cleansed by you providing a sheep if you are very poor or a cow if you are rich. And then this cow will be slaughtered, will be and you'll be smeared with the blood and the intestine. You know, the the intestine waste, Mm -hmm. they they smear you with all that, signifying you to be dirty. Mm -hmm. And then one person cleanses you with water you are washed, and then you pay a fine, and then you are brought back to the community. Wow. Listen to me. They believe if they don't have an outsider from another tribe, then Somebody who is not significant in the tribe should do it. But the best cleansing is done by an outsider from the Samburu tribe. The best person to cleanse you from that is a trukana. So that the belief is he cleanses you and he takes away your sin and he goes with your sin as far away as possible. So the trukana is the best. Mm, wow. So this is how I now share it with them. Mm. I tell them we have a true who came from heaven. <laughs> because we were so sinful, God would never want to see us. We were excommunicated by God. Mm. But God sent a person from far away, and he has come. And he has cleansed us with his blood. And he has taken our sins. And he has gone very far away with it. (laughs) We can now go back to God.
0: That is so, so meaningful. So good. So, wow. So they understood if someone is an outcast, if they kill someone, no one would like to see them or be around them or talk to them or have any kind of interaction. But they could be rescued. They could be redeemed if they buy an animal. And they put yes. the intestines around in, in his face and, and cover the person with all that, yeah. you know, that dirty stuff. Yeah. And then someone, yeah. for, especially from another tribe, would wash this person and wash yeah. the dirty away. And yeah. the idea is that the person would go with the scene away and the person would be yeah. brought back to reality. That is so <laughs> much the gospel right there.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Amazing. So the idea when you go to a new tribe is try to learn what we call what gaps do they have in their stories that, that uh, okay, the point is every people have a form of a gospel. Mm-hmm. But sometimes these gospels have gaps. So you bring in the, you break the gap. Like I've said, they could not com- connect Jesus to the cleansing and the true kana so you bring in that story already mm. what they, you are taking them from uh, what they know to what they don't know mm.
2: you you contextualize the gospel
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> literally yes <laughs> amazing tell tell us more about kenya bishop because we know that a, a lot of the the people that hear us in this podcast they don't know the reality of the enriched people in Kenya. You you said before that uh, a few tribes are, are not rich yet, but uh, in, in numbers, c- could you give us uh, a notion of the reality of enriched people and tribes in Kenya?
1: We have uh, like what we would call like uh, 22 mm-hmm. enriched people groups. Right. The smallest of these is uh, one that we are almost now uh, leaching. This tribe, we want in the next uh, maybe five or 10 years to mm-hmm. be taken off the list of the unreached. It is only 35,000 people. So it's a small one. But we have others like uh, Samburus who are maybe 400,000 people. The total number of uh People represented by these uh, unreached people groups is 3.5 million to 4 million. And uh, in, in
2: number of villages, this 5 million people. I don't know the size of a village generally, but uh, help us. <laughs> how, no, how many that, villages uh, that, this five five million represents in, in, in villages?
1: I may not know the number, but there are many. A village would be maybe. Having ten to twenty households, so th- there may be many uh, villages. But some uh, many times we want to have a church in between two or three or four villages, depending on the size of the village. Sometimes the villages may be bigger because of uh, security concerns, especially those that live in borders of these tribes because most of these tribes are pastoralists mm-hmm. they keep livestock they fight over grazing over grazing uh, grounds and water they also steal livestock from each other <laughs> so in a border place they may have larger larger villages Mm -hmm. so that they can be able to repel Yeah, for security purposes.
2: We are talking of a great number of villages that already don't have a a single church uh, in Kenya. What what is a great challenge that we face, but sometimes the people don't know about it? The last church planting that I was
0: involved in Kenya was with the Mm -hmm. Ladala tribe or the community. Uh, with Pastor Susan. So how, yes. how is that community? How is the church planting there happening? And how is the church developing in that area?
1: The, the provision of a building really helps uh, in that sometimes we start churches under trees. And when we start churches under trees, sometimes when it's raining, then the people cannot meet. Sometimes the sun can be so hot, and if the numbers have increased, the shade of the tree becomes so small for members to, be, to enjoy the shade. So when you guys provided the, the, the building, it was able to attract uh, people from afar uh, to be able to come to that village for church so it was it has been growing very well Amen. uh obviously right now we are not meeting because of covid 19
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the church has been doing very well so you know, susan is a very good church planter
0: da- danny loves her once yeah. when danny went to to Kenya with me she she really saw jesus in her life pastor susan yeah. is he's a woman of god but bishop one of the things that i love in your life, in ministry and Gigi Fun, is that you have a holistic way to see ministry and life. So you do church planting, you send missionaries to the enriched people, but you have an orphanage and Gigi Fun also has a school to bless kids. And I remember one time when I was in Kenya, you were telling me that a lot of those orphans were orphans because of HIV AIDS. And And that was a big problem in Kenya. So can you tell us a little bit about the orphanage and the school and this whole problem of the orphans because of HIV AIDS?
1: Yeah, in the 90s, we had a huge issue of Kenyans dying because of HIV and AIDS. At one time, 800 Kenyans were dying every day because of HIV. As a result of that, so many kids were left without parents. Many of them went to the street. Many of them were living alone, small kids trying to raise small kids. And that's how we, and about that time we moved into Nyahururu and Lucy, my wife, uh, was so touched by seeing some of these hungry street kids looking for food in uh, our dustbins. And that's how we came up with the idea of an orphanage. We have seen uh, kids who have come from the streets and they have grown and gone through the school in Good Shepherd and they are now living on their own. Some of them married and raising their own children. Amen. We started uh, the orphanage 14 years ago now. Mm -hmm. So you can see the kids that were 12 years, they are now 26 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they are grown and living on their own. Currently, we have 75 kids, most of them in high school and colleges. About 22 of them are in, uh, uh, we call them primary schools. And uh, right now, the government is encouraging children's homes to reintegrate their children back to the community. It is a very difficult process, but we are doing it. And right now, when we... When COVID-19 came, we took our kids to be the guardians. We We had identified the guardians, and right now most of them are with the guardians. But we are still following them up, feeding them where they are, and making sure they are not abused and making sure they are comfortable. But those that have not been comfortable, we have brought them back. So we out of seventy five we have brought back about ten we We felt they were not being treated well, we felt they were not uh, happy there, so we have brought them, them back. Mm. We have a passion to make sure these kids grow up to be less responsible men and women of God. our main aim is not only to take care of them, but to nurture them in a Christian environment and disciple them so that in future they can be disciple makers. Yeah, we have very successful cases. We have a medical doctor who graduated two years ago and is working in a mission mission hospital and doing very well. We have a nurse are uh, working in one of our big hospitals in Nakuru, and we are proud to see them not only grow but mature in christianity and impact other people uh, uh, as christians That's Bishop fine. Simon,
2: what would be your advice for someone boarding in a plane uh, to be a missionary in another future for example in kenya or enrich the people in kenya What's your advice for missionaries?
1: I will uh, summarize uh, in a few words. Number one, when you are boarding a flight to come to the mission field in Kenya, I want to encourage you to be flexible. Don't come. Sometimes we lay out plans. (laughs) And we say, when you arrive here, this is what you do and then we will do this and we will do that and that is a mentality of the western nations mm-hmm. when you come here uh sometimes we say we shall meet at 10 and then we don't meet until 12 <laughs> so don't don't be hard come prepared that we can change france france do not work like they do on the other side do not feel bad mm-hmm when we talk so much, because this is our culture, we we love talking and exchanging ideas. We tell people, when you go like in Samburu, they don't operate emails. So the only way they can catch up, the only way they can share the news from their village is by talking. So give them time to talk. So be flexible, do not be rigid, Uh, No plans can change. And then I tell people when you are moving out of your culture to another culture, come with love. When you love, I tell people even the bride can see love. Even the deaf can hear love. So come with love. Even if you don't understand so many things, just love these people. And when you do, they, you create a rapport with them. You 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 create a connection very fast when you love them. Maybe the other thing that I should say is that when you come, come with the notion that people are people everywhere. We are people everywhere. Uh, the only difference is culture, but we are people and we can be able to connect.
0: Yeah. That is a gem right there. Uh, And what about the future? Bishop Simon and and Lucy, Like, what are the plans and dreams that you have for the future?
1: I would uh, simply put that we still are dreaming about planting churches in the villages that do not have uh, churches. That is our passion. That is what we feel is the basic minimum that a human being should have, uh, that every person should have an opportunity of hearing the word of God. And uh, this is what we live for. This is what we want to continue doing. And then the other one is to continue nurturing and taking care of kids that are orphaned or vulnerable, giving them hope and uh, seeing them grow to be men and women who love Christ and love humanity and people who can be entrusted with the gospel to take it to their uh, generation.
2: Bishop Simon, is there a question that we like to ask to to people? Is there something that we don't ask, but you like to say, here in this moment, in this podcast, about the mission?
1: Actually, I do not have a a question. It is more or less like uh, an encouragement or a challenge. And the encouragement is what you guys are doing is very, very important. Because many times the church forgets that the mandate take the good news to all the nations is what jesus commanded us to do many times the church forgets that and many times the church focuses in the church but actually jesus sent us outside the church and outside our nation because he said go to all the nations to all the ends of the nations So my challenge and my encouragement to you is what you are doing is very, very important to start up the church in your nations and in the world to focus their missions outside the church and outside their nation to the ends of the earth where we have these unreached people groups. So keep on doing that keep on uh, sending this message and keep on encouraging people to be involved in the missions
0: amen any any final thoughts Bishop
1: final thought I may be I may not be able to paraphrase or even quote this uh, scripture well and when the gospel of the kingdom shall get to the ends of the earth then the the Lord will come back. Mm-hmm. So my point is, when we take the gospel to the ends of the earth, then our Lord and Savior will appear and take us to heaven. So my challenge to Christians, there are still many villages, there are still many tribes that are not reached with the gospel. Let's rise up and take our mandate and go to the ends of the earth and preach the good news of the kingdom of God. I do not want to go to heaven and find a tribe or a village that didn't have an opportunity to hear because I didn't go. I want to go. Come and join us and let's go to the Unriched People groups. God bless you.
0: Thank you very much for being part of our podcast, The Mission Show. We'll be back next week with another amazing chat with a great man of God. Don't miss it. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to know more about mission, church planting, or how we can help you on the Connect Mission Network, please go to our website, www.cntmission.com. God bless you, and I'll speak to you next week.